0: Today's Bible reading is from Genesis chapter 13, uh, verse 1 to 18. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went from place to place, until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's, The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarrelling between you and me, or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zoar was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are to the north and south, to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Memre, at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. There he built an altar to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, brothers and sisters. Let's pray in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we're going to continue the series of the story of Abram. Well, this morning's passage tells us that Abraham returned to Canaan from Egypt and conflicts arose between Abram's herders and Lot's herders soon after they return from Egypt. In this narrative, we can learn a great deal from about responding to conflict as we consider Abraham's conflict with his nephew Lot. Firstly, some background about the relationship between Abraham and Lot. In Genesis chapter 11, verses 27 to 28, tells us the father of Abraham had three sons Abram, Nehor, and Haran. Haran was the father of Lot, and Haran died, and Lot became an orphan. He then came under the care of his grandfather, T- uh, Tira. Later on, Tira migrated from Ur to Canaan, but settled in Haran when they, go, uh, when they got there. After the death of Haran, uh, Tira in Haran, Abraham took over the responsibility of taking care of Lot, his nephew. He brought Lot along, Wherever he went, Abraham took care of Lot and his, as his own son and passed on to him all the skills of shepherding. Now, now, now let's turn, return to this morning passage. In spite of Abraham's failure in Egypt, God was faithful to preserve him and continue to bless him as he had promised. When Abraham came back into Canaan, he was more wealthy than when he left. The text says that Well, he had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. Lot, Abraham's nephew, was also blessed with great possession. Chapter 13, verse 5 tells us that Lot, also had flocks and herds and tents. God's blessing is so abundant. It overflows. Very often, those who are related to you or close to you will also receive the blessing as well. But problem arose. Both Abraham and Lot had great flocks and herds, so it was difficult for their forlocks and herds to graze together on the same land. The problem was compounded by the fact that the Canaanites and the Parishites also occupied large portions of the land, which made it even more difficult to find adequate grazing land. Those issues led to conflict between their herders, which threatened to damage the relationship between Abraham and Lot, as well as their family. So Abraham proposed a another way for them to protect those relationships. Well, how would he handle the disputes that had a reason? In some way, the problem had a very simple solution. You have to remember, Abraham lived in a patriarchal society which seniority and age was everything. Perhaps the same to our society maybe 50 years ago. As bear in mind, also bear in mind that Lord had owned much to Abraham for taking care of him and bringing him up as his own son. Abraham would have and every right to claim whatever part of the land uh, that he wanted. Abraham could have said, the land is too small for all of us. Please depart from me. I have been taking care of you for all these years. Now you have grown to be independent and have your own family and flocks, herds and tents. It's time for you To move on. Instead, what Abraham did was quite amazing. He gave up his own rights without a murmur. His faith in God led him to display an incredible act of generosity. He allowed Lot to choose first, but what Abraham does here is letting Lot decide is brilliant as it shows us his priorities as well as his heart. What are Abraham's priorities? God, family, and money in that order. In letting Lot decide, he is surrendering all control. Money does not control him. People do not control him. God controls him notice the differences with abram between genesis 12 and chapter 13. he stirred up conflict in egypt but back with the lord he's an agent of reconciliation in egypt he only cares about himself and is willing to sell out family to save his own skin but back with the lord he cares about others more than anything. He had ignored considerations of right and wrong in Egypt and had learned his lesson. He had made his selfish and cowardly calculation of cost and benefit for himself, just as Lot was about to do now. But Abraham wasn't going to do it again. God had corrected him in Egypt and enforced that lesson upon his heart. God had left him in no doubt about the gravity of this error. Notice how Abraham initiates reconciliations right after mentioning the unbelievers in the land. That's in verse 7. What a horrible weakness it could be to the watching unbelievers who would see Abraham build this altar to God one minute, but then see the people of God quarreling the next. It is the same today. How many times have Christians dragged the name of Christ through the mark simply because one group wants to win an argument over them wing souls. Let us choose relationships over our rights, our rights to our time, our space, our personality, our comfort, and etc. Let's remember we are followers of the one who gave up all his rights to save us and bless us the one who values relationship with us over everything. The Lord has called us to follow his footsteps. Abraham was willing to yield his rights for the sake of the relationship and to act in a manner that was consistent with his selfless mindset. Lord, on the other hand, was so self-focused that there was a stark contrast between the attitudes of the two men and the actions that accompanied those differing mindsets. Abraham took the initiative to come up with with a solution that would prevent further conflict. It was a solution in which he was willing to take the spoils, and gave Lot the best land, if that meant preventing unnecessary conflict. We see absolutely no evidence, however, that Lot had that same kind of mindset. Quite to the contrary, he didn't respect Abraham as his senior, not even thinking of how much he owned his uncle, for taking care of him as an orphan in the past many years. He was just thinking of himself and wanted the best for himself, regardless of the consequences. Abraham was willing to put the interests of Lot ahead of his own, so he let Lot have the first pick of the land, knowing that it meant he would personally have to settle for the inferior grazing land. But Lord's mindset was completely different. Notice the first words in the verse 11. So Lord chose for himself. The choice that Lord makes is all about what's in it for him. He has no a parent's concern for his uncle, his family, his herders, or anyone else. He has no problem at all putting his uncle at disadvantage for the sake of his own advantage. Lord lived by sight. He lived by what he was before him. The author let us know that Lord's choice is idiotic by talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, which will end up in judgment in a few chapters. It's going the way which is characterized by people choosing for themselves what is best for them apart from God. When Lot chose by sight over the God's guidance, there were dangerous consequences. Notice the downfall spiral. He is pitching his tent towards Sodom in chapter 13, verse 12. So he will be exchanging the tent for a townhouse as he is living in Sodom in chapter 14, verse 12. And eventually he will be a businessman in Sodom in chapter 19, verse 1. Now, what happened to old? Abraham How did it go with the man Who was willing to let God Make the choices for him Lord had lifted up his eyes And chosen for himself Now God said to the man of faith Living in his tent on the hillside Abraham Lift up your eyes Where? Everywhere To the north, to the south, to the east, the portion, Lord chose, and the west. All the land was his. All the land that he could see was to be his, and his offspring were going to be as numerous as the dust of the earth, as a gift of his grace. God rewarded the faith of Abraham. Abraham lived by faith, not by sight. You need to see Abraham's faith, brothers and sisters, in direct contrast to Lord's compromising materialism. Abraham showed us what it means to trust in God and his covenant promises. I can't spend too much time talking about the blessing of God given to Abraham. Instead, I would like to show you what happened between Abraham and Lot in the following chapters. Now, let's turn with me to Genesis chapter 14. Genesis 14, the first part Verses 1 to 11 tell us the war broke out between five kings and four kings and around Canaan when Abraham and Lot lived. And Lot was caught up in the war. All the people in his household were taken captives and his possession looted. That's chapter 14, verse 12. Someone escaped from the war and reported to Abraham what had happened to his nephew, Lot. If Abraham was like most of us, he would have said, thanks God. God is just. Lot is reaping all the evil he has done. Vengeance belongs to God. Hallelujah. But there was not the reaction of Abraham, when Abraham heard the news, he was so worried for Lot. He gathered all the three hundred eighty men in his household to rescue Lot, because he loved Lot and was concerned for his safety. What love and concern for Lot? The ungrateful nephew. Who had no respect for him and had just taken advantage of him, was Lot worth the effort to be rescued? Was he worth Abraham risking his life? Yet, Abraham didn't even think of his age. We must note that by then, he was almost 80 years old. I'm not too sure how <laughs> many not me nor consider the number of men he had compared to the number of his enemy. Only 380 men. You're going to fight? Abraham's men were not militarily trained and had no proper weapon for war. They were ordinary herders. In contrast, their enemies were a large number of well-equipped professional soldiers and just won a war, defeated uh, the five kings. Abraham pursued the kings all the way up to Hobah, north of Damascus. This is a long way from Hebron where Abraham was living. It was about 140 miles Do you see how far out of his way Abraham went to rescue Lot? Take note of his age, 80 years old man. His battle was not settled in one day. It probably went for weeks, weeks of following them, tracking them, pursuing them, attacking them. When it comes to rescuing family members, from the crutches of captivities. There is no distance too far to travel, no cost too great to expand. If a family member is enslaved to sin, we must do all we can to deliver them from captivities. God was so touched by Abraham's love for Lot. He blessed him, a great victory. That's recorded in chapter 14, verses 19 to 20. We can't go into the details because of time, but note that if Abraham was able to defeat the armies of four kings with only 380 men, God must have been watching out for Abraham and protecting him. There are many other lessons we can learn from Genesis chapter 14, but I can't go into the detail. I would like to fast forward to look at Genesis chapter 18. The second half of Genesis 18 Almost 19 years had passed since Abraham rescued Lot from the four kings. Lot had not learned his lesson from the past, and now he had integrated to so, so much into the life of the sinful city, Sodom. By now, Abraham had a new name, Abraham. When Abraham learned that God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he interceded for Sodom and especially Lot and his family. You can read it in Genesis chapter 18 verses 20 to 33. He asked God not to destroy the city if there, was, uh, there, there were righteous people. He continued the bargain with the Lord from 50 down to 40, then slowly down to 10. So he bargained from 50 righteous men down to 10 righteous men. For sure, Abraham interceded for Sodom because Lot was living in Sodom. You may like to read the details of the story on your own. Again, we have to cut the whole long story short. God did not find 10 righteous people in Sodom. So God decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. God had, res- had respect to the spirit of his petitions and spare all those who could be called righteous and for Abraham's sake, offer salvation to all the families of Lot. In the end, it was because of his love for Abraham that Lot was delivered. Lot owned Abraham, more than he ever knew. Chapter 19 verse 29 tells us that because of Abraham's intercession, God rescued Lot and his family out of Sodom when the city was destroyed by God. Once again, we see how much Abraham loved Lot and was concerned for his safety. The one who have hurt him so much, who did not heed his advice, who stubbornly stayed on in a sinful environment, yet Abraham continued to pray for him, asking God to have mercy upon him. As we conclude this morning's meditation, I want you to think about all your current relationships—families, friends, work, church, neighbors, school. As you think about those relationships, can you see where there is the potential for conflict? If both parties in that relationship insist on hanging on their rights. For each of those situations, I want to encourage you to think about where it would be appropriate for you to yield your rights in order to prevent an unnecessary fight. And then write down specifically what steps You can take to take to do that and ask God to help you follow through. If your relationship with someone is going through a rough patch or on the rock, I would like to invite you to prayerfully consider whether any of these conflicts could be resolved at all. If you yielded your rights in the way we have learned this morning, Again, write down specifically what you are going to do and ask for God's help in following through with those commitments. Ask God to help you to put away your pride and fill you with His love and you'll be able to love and pray for the other party. Especially the salvation of that person. Don't give up hope on the people, no matter how stubborn they are or how undeserved the grace of God they are. Don't stop praying for their salvation, especially your family members. This morning, if you are very bitter over someone who has caused you so much pain and hurt, I invite you to come to God for healing. Unforgiveness can cause stagnation in spiritual growth, tumour in body, and various sicknesses to you. Let the Holy Spirit apply the ointment of healing in your life. Fill your heart with His peace and joy and love. Grant you courage and strength to forgive that person. Amen.